Focus, Matt. We have a show to do. Oh yes, wait. Are we, we're recording. This is not. Yes, we are recording. Get get going, buddy. I, I okay. I'm sorry. Hi everyone. Welcome back to Are Your Parents Proud of You? I am your host, Matthew Schufreiter. I am joined by. Oh, that's my cue. Hi, yeah. I'm Griffin. I'm Griffin McCorkle. I'm uh, in charge of, I don't know, a few things around here right now. It's holding Matt's attention and apparently my own because, I am checked out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the holidays you know it is yeah it's that time of year we've been in pandemic mode for so long now i'm just i'm checked out <laughs> here I, let me get you checked back in back in griffin with our guest today okay all right carl hauk folks is our guest today carl hauk is a singer songwriter he was a solo musician before taking part in the band Sun Jacket, which their new album, their debut album actually, just got released a few years back. Carl was also my English teacher. Holy crap. Yeah. I think I remember the grades I got. Yeah, were they were they good? Were they good grades? It was my senior year, so I took a dip second semester. <laughs> yup. Yeah. It was uh senioritis, am I right? Oh yeah. I had senioritis for sure from the very first day of freshman year to the very end of senior year. Yeah, Carl Houck is a man of many things, uh, but the one of the things he is, is a delight, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Carl Houck. So, strum a couple of guitar chords, and uh, here we go. Carl Houck, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you, Matt? Good. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So in reality, for us, it's been about, what, six, seven years since I last saw you? I lose count. And uh, yeah. Yeah. How are you? What's what's pandemic life, quarantine life like? Oh, man. Um, let's see. I uh, Honestly, this whole year has been kind of odd in a couple ways. I uh, it, you know, as when you reached out to me, I said, hey, if you're okay uh, interviewing a, a professional career changer, that's then I'm then I'm game. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm in the midst of right now. Again, um, I, I was laid off from the tech company that I was working at in January and then decided, oh, wait, maybe I should uh, look into software engineering and coding and developing. Um, so I went to a boot camp and finished that up just a couple months ago. Now I'm like TAing for the next cohort at that same boot camp and also looking for uh, for software engineering gigs. Um, and I'm really enjoying it, but that's kind of been my year. It's been just like coding um, until very late at night sometimes and then like getting up a little later than the average working uh, stiff because I'm not, you know, doing a nine to five thing right now and uh and then just like coding some more yeah it's been nice yeah i it's i didn't so what's coding like say if you have to explain coding to the average joe i'm talking about me because i don't know what coding is like mm -hmm. and what you do so what does the job entail it's just 
building things based upon logic and conventions. And so like when you're talking about a coding language or a programming language, um, it's very much similar to a, a spoken or written language. And so you have to follow those conventions. You have to follow certain frameworks, which are sort of like dialects of a language, I guess. Um, and you're trying to build something that achieves a certain purpose, um, the purpose of your application. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what coding is. And a lot of it's based on logic too. So a lot of like, if this is the case, then do this. Else, if this is the case, then do this. And so it really takes a lot of like problem solving and uh, debugging. And I don't know, kind of like it. I'm, I'm very into it. It's very exciting to me. <laughs> you are you i you are probably one of the most relaxed chilled people i ever met um which is so hearing you talk about coding and going to detail and being so melancholy and so melatonin about it i kind of i kind of i kind of like it i'm like i don't know i i think i've always been someone even though i'm i am relaxed and and kind of laid back i also am like incredibly meticulous and detail oriented and sometimes um, I lean more in that direction than leaning toward the, the more like big picture kind of stuff. Sometimes it's easier for me to get into the weeds and, and really hone in on um, details and like those really fine points, uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And so I think that's why I've been so into this right now. Um, and there's so much to learn. So it feels really exciting. That's good. Yeah. Well, speaking of being the wheats in the fields, I want to talk about young Carl growing up. <laughs> good segue, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. It was really good. Uh, so are you from, tell me this is true. You grew up in Grays Lake, your hometown, right? I, I did. Yeah. I uh, lived in the same house my whole childhood um, in Grays Lake. And yeah, my parents still live there. Um, so yeah. Um, Gray's Lake, born and bred. <laughs> what were you uh, like as a child? You know, I think I was very similar to the way I am now. Uh, I, I think I've heard that I, from my parents that I was just kind of more laid back. Um, I don't know. I'd have to ask my parents about that. Mm -hmm what I was, what I was like as a kid, but I, I did have, you know, three siblings. And so I think it's really interesting how all my siblings uh, interacted and how we all kind of found our own interests. Um, we're all doing very different things. And I think we each have our own unique traits, but, but I don't know, it's, it's really cool to me to see how we're different um, and, you know, being raised in the same household, but we kind of all went in these different directions. I, I think that's always super cool to see within a family unit. Um, yeah. What do you rank in them? Are you the oldest, middle, youngest of the siblings? I am the uh, second youngest actually out of four. Okay. Yeah. So, so my, my sister is the oldest, then I have a, uh, an older brother and a younger brother. So you are a musician. Where did the, what kind of music did you listen to growing up? Uh, that's a good question. So my, my parents, uh, especially my dad, I think he was like the one who had all the music and, and played it around the house a lot. Um, he played, his favorite band is Jethro Tull. 
um, played some, you know, Pink Floyd and The Who and that and Zeppelin and stuff like that as well. Um, I think the one that I latched on to from from all those is probably Pink Floyd. Uh, but when I really started to listen to my own stuff was probably because as a result of, uh, you know, going to guitar lessons, uh, you know, starting in third grade. And, and uh, I feel like, you know, I picked up some from the guitar lessons, but then a lot of the times, sometimes we just like talk about music and he'd introduce me, the, the teacher would introduce me to, uh, to new music that I hadn't heard before. So, you know, I was, I was uh, listening to things like Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and 311 and kind of just getting into like more rock music uh, that was a little bit more modern and you know, and some of it aged well, some of it not so much, but, uh, but then like, you know, by high school, it was a good mixture of more indie stuff and, uh, and more pop punk stuff. So everything from, you know, uh, the, the pop punk stuff that's kind of embarrassing now, and, you know, newfound glory and, and uh, Finch and stuff like that. Actually, some of it, I don't mind, but and then things that I still listen to today, uh, like Wilco and, and Modest Mouse and things like that. So yeah, that kind of gives you a little bit of a, a sense of how it evolved, I guess. I read somewhere that one of the first CDs you ever got was a Chicago Bulls album or like a mixtape. Is that true? That is true. That is the first <laughs> CD I owned. Uh, it is Chicago Bulls Greatest Hits Volume I believe it's volume one, maybe it's volume two. I'm not sure, but it has um, the village people version. It, it's they're singing B U L L S instead of Y M C A. Yeah, it's an extra letter, but they still yeah, pull right? it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there. <laughs> um, is it like is it like uh, like blocked by Jordan or stuff like that? Yeah, they they have like little sound clips of radio announcers in between the songs as well, uh, where, you know, it really excites you. And then, and then it goes into another song and you're like, I love the bulls. You know, you, you, you leave that CD loving the bulls as I did in my childhood. I was going to say, were you a big bulls fan? Then I was an enormous bulls fan. I, I watched basically every game uh, when I was, I remember like probably around fifth grade, I was watching every single game, uh, you know, every night. And which is kind of strange for a fifth grader, I think, uh, to be able to even do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember just loving the Bulls as kind of everyone did during that time, I think, especially if you grew up around Chicago. And uh, I was able to go to a game once uh, because of a, like a school raffle. And so my sister and I went and we had seats that were about like eight seats back from the floor. And uh, this was in Jordan's final season. So it was a really special experience. Right. That's cool. Um, So then, so can I go to high school? You wanted to do an English. You you went to college for an English major degree. Mm -hmm. Um, Was the plan just to be a musician or you want to do something with writing probably? Uh, you know, it's very hard to put myself back in that mindset. I do know that going into high school, I was more of a math person, but then I really loved my English teachers and history teachers, uh, or, you know, a couple of history teachers in particular, uh, in, in high school and, and, 
by the end of it, I was kind of like, I don't know what I want to do, but I really like some of my high school teachers. And so I decided, yeah, let's go for that. Let's, uh, let's see where that goes. And, um, yeah, you don't go for an English degree unless you're going to be teaching probably or doing journalism or some kind of professional writing. Um, and when I started teaching, I remember in my, even when I was student teaching, I remember thinking, this is not going to last for that long. Um, even in my first year, especially, uh, I was just like, I'm not going to be doing this, this for that long. I like it, but the it's exhausting. Um, and so I kind of made a point to say like to myself, um, I'm going to like put kind of like give this my all. And then at a certain point before I burn out, I'll, I'll leave and find something else. Uh, and I didn't think I would teach for as long as I did. I, I taught for seven years and really, really did love it. Loved working with the students, loved my coworkers, um, hated grading and, uh, and kind of hated the work-life balance, but really loved the, you know, the in-classroom experience. So I'm glad I did it. I don't regret doing it at all, but um, I knew it was something that I wouldn't do forever. Mm. Um, when you came into teaching, did you think it was going to be like Goodwill Hunt, not Goodwill Hunting, uh, Dead Poet Society? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so, because I'm not the kind of person who's going to stand on my desk and, and uh, you know, <laughs> make people, uh, you know, let out their barbaric yawps. Um, right. But I did think like, you know, this is a, a chance to connect with students and maybe help certain students out that, you know, may not have uh, a teacher who is supporting them. I think that's the goal of every good teacher. Um, not saying that I was a, a good teacher, but like, you know, everyone strives for that um, and, and wants to do good for their students and, and help them out and you know, put them on the right path because that path is not going to be the same for every student. And, and, you know, I'm sure you've already found this, even though you're only working with three students right now, but there are times when you just can't connect with certain students, but there's another teacher for that student. And then yeah. you'll connect with a student that no one else has gotten to, and you'll be able to kind of help them out and, uh, and make sure that they're seen and, uh, and heard and that they can have someone to kind of like rely upon for that little bit that, that it takes them to, to kind of like find their own, uh, I don't know, their own voice, their own willpower, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Can I tell you, so before you were my actual English teacher, I met you through our film club. Oh, ticket stubs. Yeah. Ticket stubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, oh. did I tell you um, the first semester or the trimester, wherever that was, they had me drug tested for being in that club. Wait, for being in it? Yep. Oh, because uh, because if you were in a club, you had to, it was an extracurricular, so that you you had to be put into the pool. Then of, mm -hmm. I think they, uh, yeah, I I often wonder about how they did that. Um, yeah, so you had to be eligible to watch movies, and uh -huh. it seems like the strangest club to drug test for because you'd think that maybe a whole bunch of stoners would uh, would be drawn to a movie club. Um, so maybe that's why. Maybe they're targeting that, and they're thinking cool. all these stoners are flocking toward uh, tickets. Right. 
they want to watch right. movies and eat popcorn. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> and and of course, you went with the least likeliest person to be doing drugs. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, like that was a weird thing. Like they pulled me in, and I think it was because there was a lot of athletes in that room, and they, so they wanted to make it like random chosen choosing. Yeah. yeah. So I spent. Hey, I was in there for an hour and a half just because I didn't have to go to the bathroom. They had to make you just walk around in this little room until you had to go to the bathroom and they made you drink water. They gave you soda, just anything to make you go. And I didn't have to go for an hour. So I just continued to walk <laughs> around for an hour. Well, I'm sorry I put you through that. Uh, it wasn't my fault. And I, no, it was never. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever gotten, I don't think I ever got drug tested when I was a student. Um, it's sort of like the jury duty of, of being in high school. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you get but, selected. So it's funny because again, back to ticket stubs, my, that you're you were probably, and I'm not saying this because you were you're here. Like one of the highlights of my freshman year, because freshman year for me was a down of a year. Um, but for some reason, ticket stubs was like the one thing I kept coming to every Tuesday. Cool. I miss. I I swear to you, I tried out for basketball my freshman year. And I stomped after the first day of trials. I was like, can't go. I have ticket stops. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you like quit basketball for ticket stops. Um, no, that's really cool to hear. I always enjoyed doing it. Like there were a lot of times when I hadn't even watched the movie that we were going to watch, um, which I'm sure parents were, wouldn't be too excited to hear, but you know, they don't, I don't, they're never going to listen to this now and they don't care now. Um, but yeah, there were, there were a lot of times when there was a movie that I was really excited about showing you all. And I think it was fun for us to kind of like vote on the movies and, and pick mm -hmm. themes and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Do you remember some of the movies we watched? Because I, I have the list all ready to go. What's I mean, what are some of your favorites that we watched? We did Deer Hunter. That was fun. <laughs> okay, so that's a movie where I remember going down and getting the pizza in the middle of the movie because sometimes we got pizzas delivered uh, for the yeah. really long movies. And so I, I went down to get the pizza and left the movie playing. And when I came back up and turned on the lights, there were like two students who were like crying because that movie was so intense. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, so I felt bad uh, at that point. But hopefully the pizza healed all and the pizza did uh, yeah okay yeah so that's a that. that's a very intense movie i probably should have thought about that one before <laughs> uh we did that we did metropolis another long one yeah yeah that's a cool movie though i think it's amazing uh, you know right 1921 i think or 1912 i forget uh but yeah very very early then we did i'm blanking on the title it's i think it's called like two lovers or something it's this uh Korean we watched it on Valentine's Day of all days oh I think it's the, the two lovers the some of the two lovers um oh, I know which movie you're talking about and I'm yeah totally blanking uh, uh I'm gonna like do a quick search go for it I, I remember that distinctly because it was three of us and then another one came like half an hour in oh it's called in the mood for love in the mood for love, yeah, we want you wanted to watch that on Valentine's Day. I think you all hated it. Yeah, it was that damn soundtrack that kept like repeating itself every twenty minutes. Matt, I'm gonna challenge you to watch that again. I think okay. you'll like it now. 
I think I, I will probably too. I probably should have known my audience more, but uh, that is a really like stunning movie, and so I'm gonna stand by it. Let me know if you still hate it. I I will up <laughs> when this episode comes out. I will try to watch it by then. Okay. All right. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, we watched JFK, we did The Visitor, we did Touch of Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, here's one that I regret that we watched. We did American Beauty at the end of my freshman year. And Why'd you I, not like that one? No, I loved it as oh, okay. when, I was, when I was, you know, 14. <laughs> and then I like, watched it now, and even before the whole Kevin Spacey thing, I was like, yeah. oh, this, oh is, yeah, this is a little, I don't know if I like this anymore. Yeah, you know, I haven't watched it since uh, since Kevin Spacey. I don't know if I would watch many Kevin Spacey movies now, but um, I think that movie felt a little dated already uh, before that happened. Like it it dated quickly for some reason, and I don't know why. Um, yeah, there's some movies that that just aren't as timeless for whatever reason, and it's hard to put a finger on why that is something about the themes. It was very timely when it came out and then something happens to it. Something. Do you remember yeah. when we watched the, uh, the night of the living dead? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that movie. Yeah. That was the first I time thought... I'd seen it. Well, I, I remember cause that was when you let the seniors choose the movies and this guy wanted to do the night of living dead and uh-huh. it was a packed room and we watched it. I think we remember just laughing through it the entire time. And he was like, guys, shush, this is really good. And then <laughs> he, I, this, this is my Mr. Howe compression after every movie. Clicked it. Big silence. What'd you think? Big pause. <laughs> everyone And the guy is like trying to explain why that movie's so good. And everyone's like, man, it's just really outdated. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is like really good cinema. And we're all like, I'm, I'm sure it's good, but maybe from 1946 or 50, whenever this movie came out, not I think that was in the 60s. Um, no, I think that movie still, I, I thought it was cool. I, I still remember it holding up. And I think the ending was was really um, kind of shocking and, and subversive for what, right. from what I remember. Um, right. Yeah. Right. You know, so there's certain I, movies I won't stand by, but yeah, that one I know, think I remember went, enjoying. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it for it was just because I was like, we don't watch many horror films in this club anyway, so I'm going to yeah, yeah. shut up and watch this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we also went to trips. We had field trips. Mm-hmm. We went to see, what we, the, it's a black and white one. We saw The Artist. Did we see The Artist in theaters? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. We saw it in yeah. a cool theater. I forget where we saw it, but that, we I remember. It Mar- we, remember we saw that. it at Marcus Cinema in Gurney. No way. Yeah. No, I thought I we know. went to like a theater downtown. No, I know which one you're talking about because we went to Highland Park the next year. And okay. we went to. Um, and one year we uh, went to uh, Gene Siskel Film Center in Chicago. Oh, I don't think I, I, don't think I was around for that. I, that okay. might have been before me. Okay. Hmm. No, the one that I'm thinking of, I think you were around for, it wasn't the artist, it was. Uh, it was another silent film that was animated. Do you remember that? Called The Illusionist, not the Edward Norton. Oh, I do remember that. I yeah, that was that about, was at the Gene Sisko Film Center. Yeah, that was before me because that movie came out twenty like early twenty eleven or something. I wasn't there for that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Now I but I've seen it. I like that movie. Yeah, it's good. 
Yeah. But that, so cut to nice senior year. Now you're my English teacher. And I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm ready for the full Mr. Hauk experience. Um, my first question for you, because everyone at that point knows that you were a musician. Um, is it, was it weird because people listened to your music and was like, I like the music of Carl Hauk. Is it weird to like, kind of push that person aside to be like, I'm your teacher? Yeah, well, I think it could be if people were made it about the music, I guess. Um, I don't know. It, it's interesting, like, when people couldn't compartmentalize those two things. I don't know. There weren't that many cases of it. Like, usually people just wouldn't talk about the music, and that's that was perfect. That was fine, because uh, I was a teacher in that in that time. You know, I'm not uh, your musician. I'm your teacher. Uh um, I do remember like in my very first year teaching, uh, I think we were in a computer lab or something and some student Googled me and that's how they found out that I was a musician and they, they talked about it. Uh, they just like, there was like a hush that came over the whole computer lab and they were like, I was like, what's going on? Why is no one talking all of a sudden? And there was like whispering and then like, and then like one of my songs started playing and it was just like very weird. Um, so I think that's how they, they found out. And then I remember like later in the year, there was like some, we were, we were uh, reading the alchemist, um, which is all about like following your dreams and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and so like this one student's just like, Mr. Hauk, if you love music, why it's like so much, why don't you do that instead of teaching? And I was just like, all right, I don't really like the alchemist anyway. I don't think it's a great book. <laughs> it's like, it's just like not realistic and it's you know like in that book the the character like becomes uh a sandstorm and then becomes part of the sky or something i don't know if you've ever read that it's it's kind of ridiculous um it's also inspirational too but it's also ridiculous um and and yeah it's like kind of hard to explain that to someone and and say like you know music isn't something that i'm necessarily striving to do professionally i i do it on sort of a professional level where i am you know licensing music to tv shows and that kind of stuff uh and i do play shows and and things like that but i'm it's not something that i think would be sustainable for me to do professionally um for for so many reasons um but yeah it's something that i can still enjoy and and do in addition to a a like professional job that that does make me uh money and and gives me kind of like a, a stable lifestyle was there is there a song that you ever performed for your students that meant the most for them i think i usually only played like one song toward the end of the year or something like that um and no i don't remember any <laughs> i honestly don't remember like what what meant anything to anybody so i know i i have no good answers for that question <laughs> well i wanted to i, w I want to talk about the first i talked about your album windjammer summer bells at the crossroad charcoal smells in the air children scuttle with their Deep pockets, cluttered mouths. 
that was my mm-hmm. go-to album my freshman year of college for some reason. Um, maybe because like the song Windjammer, I think I was reading the play Our Town for some reason. Oh, okay. I, I was like, huh. I was in that Let's... play in high school, by the way. Were you really? Yeah, I was the uh, I was the Undertaker. Um, is that what the character's name is? Like the remember. the funeral home guy. Um, yeah, I initially tried out for the. Who's like the the narrator? Is it just I think is he, it just called I think, the stage I, I manager? I, I'll say the stage manager. Okay, yeah. So I initially was encouraged by the uh, by the director to try out for that. And the person who went in front of me, who like tried out right before me, uh, was kind of like very expressive. And then the the notes that he got were to be more understated. And so then I went out and gave the most monotone delivery ever. And <laughs> and I think that's why I was given the role of Undertaker. Because um, I heeded that note a little bit too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was in our town. Anyway, sorry, I keep redirecting things. No, you're good. No, um, I, you know, how do you, what, how do you write a song? Let's just start. I, I know it's like a really basic question, but like, what inspires you to write music? That's a really good, no, it's not a basic question at all. And I think it's very elusive, even to me now. Um, I think especially to me now, I'm in like a time when I'm not writing much at all, maybe because I'm doing a lot of this coding stuff. But there are times when I feel more creative energy than others and where things just kind of happen. Sometimes it's because I make it part of my regular process. I'm I'm more regularly picking up instruments or revisiting, uh, you know, notes and things like that or or recordings that I've made. but I think it usually starts with a, a snippet of something, whether that's a, a melody or a like a, a lyric or a line, um, or it could be just like some chords and a finger picking style or something like that. Something that gets you started, just like a little uh, element or, or piece of the puzzle. And you just kind of pull on that thread and see where it goes. And, and that's usually how it works. And some songs uh, come very quickly and then you kind of refine them a little like later on. Um, and then other ones you really have to sit with for a while. And, and I think I've had both experiences just in the two projects that I'm in. In my solo music, it really is something where I, I usually try to write them more quickly because I feel like after the first day when I've really dove in for an hour or two or a few hours and played it over and over and over again that's when i usually like discover the most about the song and then it can feel stale later on and i won't be able to like add to it later on um i'll still like it but it's not i don't feel inspired in the same way as as like the initial day when it happened um whereas in sun jacket the band that i'm in because i'm collaborating with two people who are both very uh detail oriented and and really into the iterative process of destroying what you've built and rebuilding it and then destroying it and then rebuilding it and destroying it and rebuilding it until you're happy with it. Um, That's something where I never get too attached. And I even have to be ready to, you know, change 
little words or like single notes or things like that. And, and sometimes you have to be prepared to like defend those choices. And then, yeah, it's just like a very different process. And I, I like that too. Um, but I think it's made me almost more careful and sometimes less excited about writing uh, solo stuff. Cause I, I feel almost more like paralyzed as a result of this, like this detail oriented, meticulous iterative process. Well, I, I, I like that because like when I'm listening to like a wind jam or, or reflective or like pure gold, those feel like I'm not just trying to name the titles just because I listen to them. Um, it just feels in the moment. Like you just write it, writing it uh, like wind jammer. I'm just scra- I'm hearing like this fall day, which is perfect because of where we're in right now mm-hmm. or pure gold. I mean, I, I heard that live the first time from you and you did our, um, writer's week remember that a couple of years mm-hmm. ago yeah, yeah you yeah, performed yeah. yeah you were like this song's not done let me know what you think and if, and i loved it and and now this and then hearing on the album just feels more haunting but yet sun jacket it feels like that emotion has been stripped away and has another layer of emotion on it like creepy or grandstanders uh, it just feels a little bit more dark and yeah, yeah, dream- dreamlike even more. Mm-hmm. Can you comp- I mean, you talked about your songwriting. Can you compare and contrast yourself in the in style of music with this, with these two projects? Yeah, I think I think writing with the band, like I know what works now. We've kind of found our identity, and and I think like it's interesting talking about that without. Um, there, there's a whole second album that's been recorded and it's all finished, and uh, will probably be coming out early next year. Um, but it's the kind of thing where like that sounds so different from the first album, but I, I still think the, the fingerprints are there. Um, they've just kind of evolved too. And it's something where I know I have to be a little bit more cerebral and a little bit more abstract. Um, whereas I think when I write solo, I can, I can play it a little safer. I can be a little bit more conventional with chords and you know I can I can play something that sounds like it's been played before that sounds a little bit more comfortable and lived in and I can um, make any of the language choices I want to lyrically whereas you know with with Sun Jacket it's definitely striving for something that's going to excite or bewilder or you know like it's it's just a little bit different um yeah, one is one is a little bit more experimental than the other. So it definitely takes a, a different approach. Mm-hmm. And key is the uh, how has the response been um, from your parents? Do they have do they have a preference <laughs> of what work they like from you? You know, I don't think they'd ever tell me, but I'm fairly sure they uh, they like the solo stuff better. <laughs> um, <laughs> They, they go to, they go to when, when we were having shows, you know, 
pre-COVID and everything, um, they definitely showed up to a bunch of Chicago shows whenever they could make it, which was really cool. They're, they're very supportive. Um, but I do know that they, they listen to the solo stuff. I think they really enjoy Windjammer, um, specifically that album. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not totally sure how they feel about the, uh, <laughs> the band stuff they, they just kind of say like that was a good show and then they kind of like you know they <laughs> say hi and then they then they leave um which I, I you know that's fine it's it's probably not their cup of tea sometimes we're a little bit noisier uh live too like there sometimes we make noise just to make noise and so you know it's not as melodic uh, or no, it's it's definitely still melodic. It's just melodic in a different way. Definitely darker and moodier. And I think um, maybe that's not as inviting or welcoming to a parent who, who wants to maybe listen to something a little bit more. I don't know, emotionally inviting or, or warm or or welcoming in, in that way. So yeah. Does it feel um, like these are, these two projects are like different parts of your life? I, like when Jammer came out 10 years ago, happy 10 years, by the way. Um, oh yeah. That's like, let, let's see. Oh yeah. It's like almost 10 years to the day. Like I think it was in November when I released that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Look at that. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So it's been 10 years and that seems like that was early you trying to find yourself. And then this just feels like a new era for you or a new, ch- um, a new leaf IQ. does it feel like that two two different de- um parts of you uh i think they're two different parts of me i don't think they're like two different eras necessarily because i still you know enjoy uh writing solo stuff i was just i picked up the guitar the other day for the first time in a while and was um just playing around a little bit and seeing if there was anything there and I still really enjoy it. I think for me, it's more just like finding time to record and finding the energy to record because I don't always love doing it. Um, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, it takes a lot of time and energy. And so it's just kind of like, okay, when will I have another batch of songs that I feel excited about and that I feel like I'm ready to commit several months to to like working on whenever I have free time? Um, so I know I'll return to it at some point and like record more stuff. I think with Sun Jacket, there's at least like kind of the structure that is, uh, put in place by collaborating with other people where you all have expectations for each other. And when I'm working solo, you know, I'm not going to put time on my calendar that says, all right, Carl, you have practice where you're just going to play songs with yourself um that's very different you know than like with sun jacket you know pre-covid we were we were doing like two uh we'd have two times a week that we would get together and and uh and be in the same room and you know either practice or write or rehearse or whatever we were doing so um i don't know i feel like i'm rambling but yeah no 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 no. what's um what's one thing people don't pay attention enough to the music business and what's something um, that's overdone or talked about in the music business, you think? Um, I think consumers don't think enough about the, the, how artists make money and, um, 
you know, I think in, in a lot of ways, I'm fortunate that I'm not doing music professionally. I think it's a really, really hard gig unless you're very successful. Um, but if you're more in like the kind of the mid-level indie band, everything feels uncertain all the time. Um, and it's just hard to recover costs for a, re a recording, a professionally recorded project. Um, I wrote a whole essay about a rapper named Milo where I kind of got into this and kind of got into what exactly, um, how, like how, how business model looks for a, an artist, a recording artist and a performer. And I'm really proud of that essay. And I think it was kind of fun to, to write and, and dig into with, with another artist as kind of like the subject of that. But yeah, like people who are just streaming music, um, I don't think they realize how many times they would have to stream an album in order to give an artist the equivalent of the purchased record. So yeah, uh, I think that's something that not a lot of people think about. Um, and so they just kind of like expect artists to be recording music all the time and to be like, where, you know, it's been two years, where's your next album? And it's kind of like, do you realize how much money goes into that and how much time goes into that? And, uh, and so I think like people don't have the attention span. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like they listen to an album like a couple times and they're like, yeah, I really like that album. And then they're just like ready for the next one. And I think that's not how it used to be. Um, they're, they're so easily, uh, so ready to, uh, to discard something and then just kind of like look for the next uh, shiny object. Um, and I know that's, that's even the way that I listen to music now. I think Spotify has made it very easy to kick a an album that you could really fall in love with, like kind of kick it to the curb and move on to the next one. I remember listening to albums when I was a kid and just listening to them over and over and over and over again until I knew everything about it. And I just don't do that anymore. And I think it's become too easy to do that because everything's right there at your fingertips. It's funny because you were talking about like, what's next, where's your next album? I was thinking about like how I would do a show and then a couple mm -hmm. months would go by and it's parent, my family's like, so when's your next show? I'm like, <laughs> I'm auditioning all the time. It's hard yeah. to get into something. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I've been blessed enough to be like in from project to project sometimes, but before, before, like before this pandemic, I went a couple months without a project because I was busy yeah. auditioning or even I just said, I want a break. Sometimes I, as an artist, I just need a break to kind of reflect on, Mm -hmm. what I just did for the last year and then after you land a role like obviously you have to you have to rehearse for a while and you have to yeah you know there's so much that goes into a show and and yeah same kind of thing for writing and recording an album like we finished Sun Jacket finished recording the album that we're working on right now uh we finished recording it last year at some point I, I want to say yeah like sometime in the fall or toward the winter and so it's been a full year since it's been done pretty much but you know it's been mixing and mastering and artwork and everything's kind of been slowed down by COVID and and yeah it just takes all of that process takes a really long time um and there's nothing you can do about it
<laughs> right. right. Yeah. So uh, before we go any further, I have to ask, um, favorite song you ever written? Oh, gosh. I hate that question. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I know no, because it's because it's hard to hard to pick. Um, like I, yeah, I don't even know. It it's interesting. I I feel very disconnected from songs that I wrote years ago as well, and so it's hard for me to like look back at them and be like, oh, that's something that I wrote. I still think I enjoy them, but um, I don't know. I I think I do really like uh a couple of the ones from the most recent ep that on vestige uh i like that refraction song and and pure gold i'm pretty proud of those um i think i'm also from windjammer definitely marshall riesling and and windjammer are a couple that i'm that i'm proud of as well my fingertips are tapping on a hefty stack of paper Sitting stamped and sorted carefully, all ready to be sent Sonnets, prose, and charming odes to all related scribbles So affected by the rain, no lack thereof that fell today I'm waiting patiently for June uh, And then there's a whole bunch that I, you know, don't love as much Oh, I think I like Rooster as well I don't know, there, there's a few that just like kind of stick out a little bit and uh but I, there's no definitive answer there yeah sorry yeah. to sorry to no no I, no it's fine i i would pick windjammer or your cover of northern lights i like that one a lot i know you didn't write oh, thank it you. but yeah yeah thank you no yeah because you that was because you did that long ago long time ago and then you redid it for like a couple you said correct yeah there was some someone uh who reached out from like the UK or something like that and said like, Hey, we saw this YouTube video of you performing this song. Do you have like a recorded version of it? And I was like, no, but yeah, I've always wanted to. And, and then so tried to get it done before their wedding. And then I guess they played it during either their first dance or like their, their uh, processional music or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool. I guess that's, that's been like a few times or, several times i guess that i've been part of a wedding with music um but usually it's friends not not complete strangers yeah i was gonna say now your music's playing all over the world uh sometimes in stranger ways than others i yeah i, I remember probably the weirdest time my music has been used was uh a malaysian soap opera um, oh and i had to i had no what was happening in the scene but the characters were actually like it was diegetic music so it was actually in the scene like playing in the cafe that they were in and they mention it in their in their language and they're kind of like what's this song or something like that and once i got this translated by someone and that was really bizarre just like that use of it um and then there's another one like a some kind of chinese commercial i don't know so yeah it, it shows up in strange places sometimes that's cool hey you take what you get you know yeah yeah for sure yeah well speaking of taking what you can get we're gonna play a game okay all right let's do it all right two minutes on the clock no right or wrong answers here we go three two one go what do you put in your tea honey what, who is your favorite Beatle? Uh, pass. <laughs> what, part of the, what part of the human face is your favorite? 
uh, eyes. Go to karaoke song. Teenage Dirtbag. Ooh. Is it DJ? Is a DJ just someone who's good at iTunes? No. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Favorite type of weather? Uh, fall or spring, sunny, 5 p.m., 4 p.m., <laughs> somewhere around there. <laughs> Uncle so Joey get, or... So I can't get sunburned. Oh. I know this is yes or no, but okay. No, 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 I like, I like the detail. <laughs> Uncle Joey or Uncle Jesse? Uh, no preference because I haven't seen Full House. Okay. Uh, Earth, wind, or fire? <laughs> uh, Earth. Uh, Burt Reynolds or Turd Ferguson? <laughs> uh, Burt Reynolds. Harold or Maud? Ooh, Maud. Uh, favorite subject to teach that isn't English? I don't know if I have experience with anything else. Oh, okay. Is there a subject you would <laughs> want to teach that's not English? Oh, okay. Uh, history. Oh. Uh, what do you like on your pizza? Oh, honestly, anything. I love pizza. Last one. Do you hit the treadmill or hit the couch? Uh, the couch after the treadmill. Oh, there we go. <laughs> one, <laughs> two, all the way. And that's how we play. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Carl Houck, before Oof, we go. That's hard. I'm not someone who thinks very quickly on my feet. So uh, so that was a challenge. You got a yes and. I like, you know? to, I like to think. I like to think very deeply about my answers. Well, that's well, luckily because if we had more time, my next question was going to be, are you a listener or a talker? Definitely a listener. I was going to say, well, there we go. Because that yeah. like, all goes together. Before we go, my last question to you is... Are your parents proud of you? Yeah, I think they are. Um, they've told me as much. So yeah, I, I have some great parents and um, and yeah, they're proud of me even when I'm not doing anything like I am right now. <laughs> kind of in the in-between stages. So yeah, I'm, right. I'm, uh, I'm thankful for that. Right. Well, Carl, I can't thank you enough for doing this it's always thanks fun. for having me this has been really nice uh and i'm i'm proud of you i just want to say that and oh uh no i think you've always had like a, a confidence about you without being arrogant and i and just kind of a a natural um i don't know you you have this natural warmth and and i think people are are happy to be around you and so i think those are great qualities and uh thanks for being you is all i'll say Carl Houck, everyone. You can listen to Carl Houck on any music platform. His album, Windjammer, you can listen to. His album, Mantra, with Sun Jacket, is also out. So go ahead and listen to those songs. And um, yeah, follow them. Follow him, follow the band. He's great. Yeah. Cool beans. Yeah. Um, Hold on. Can you stall for a minute while I figure out what my job title for this episode is? Yeah, let me talk about next week, folks. Oh, sure. So next week is the week of Thanksgiving. And I think for our sake and for our sanity's sake, we're going to take next week off. Yeah, we, we don't want to die. No, it's Thanksgiving. I want it's a little Thanksgiving. I need a little break. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we'll be back after Thanksgiving in December with some more new episodes and a very special episode coming very soon. Okay, Matt, you can stop stalling. I got it. I got it. Okay, Griffin, who are you now? Uh, I am our official uh, time machine operator. Where are we going? Uh, We are going, well, where do you want to go? February 2020. (laughs) (laughs) What to try, what to warn everybody? Yeah, maybe I want to go to New Zealand and just hide there for the rest of my life. You know what? That's that's a pretty good idea. New Zealand, they had this shit figured out. Yeah. Uh, let's all go to New Zealand. There are mm-hmm. hobbits there. It's you, know what? There. you know what's funny? They're filming Avatar 2 there right now, so we could just go hang out with them. Ugh. But I but I hated Avatar. No, I liked it as a kid. I, I did not. Avatar, the James Cameron film, not Avatar. The, Avatar, the last airbender. I love. Solid. I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen Avatar since 2009. Is this all still part of Carl's outro? <laughs> Griffin, where can people uh, follow us on? Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Parents Proud Podcast. You can also email us, please. I'm, I'm, I'm actually begging right now. Please, please email us. Uh, at parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com it is our in we, we really want emails and that's it for this week's episode folks have a, have a happy thanksgiving be well yes. please wear that mask um, enjoy thanksgiving don't have a large family gathering <laughs> please don't zoom has worked out fine right yeah have zoom all of your relatives do not uh, do not risk it. But if you're going Be to safe out there, what but, if you're going uh, to, uh, wear a mask. Just wear the mask. That too. Yep. Um, so we will we will see you all after Thanksgiving. Matt is now putting on a mask to demonstrate, which is brilliant in an audio only format where no one can see you. But they can hear me, right? Yeah. Um, so goodbye, everybody. We will we will see you next time. Uh, after Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving. Force years to love that you're gonna hate. Breaks on silence with its cheery strain and the rising steam.